Hey, if, uh, if there's one thing that uh, Christians want people to know, it's that uh, God, God loves you very, very much. Seriously, uh, and, and we teach our young to love everyone as well. Uh, Christians, we, we just are representative of God's love, and, and, and God loves you. Uh, uh, God, God, God loves you very much. Oh, th- there's the, the guy who's closer to the real God. See, I, I personally like, I'm going to step up here and point. Notice how this cop see him, like, smirk. He's, like, so happy. Because he's like, oh, this guy, he gets it. See, here's the thing. We, as a church, project to the world who God is. And unfortunately for us, it's all those other pictures we show that are shown to the world. And they think that th- this is God. I want nothing to do with him. So today we're talking about losing our fruitless evangelism and how do we do that? Is that the picture that we want to leave with people? I don't think so. Today we're in Matthew chapter 23, verse 13 and 15, and uh, Jesus was dealing with people that were a lot like that. You, you can, there we go. So he, he's dealing with the Pharisees, and this is what he has to say to them. He says, What sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious... Law and Pharisees, hypocrites. <laughs> okay, I'll read it. We're not going. You shut the door of the kingdom of heavens. You shut the door of kingdom in people's faces. You yourselves do not enter, nor will you let those enter who are trying to. We experience two problems here. See, first thing that happens is Jesus comes to these Pharisees and, and he says, "Woe to you, you hypocrites." Can you imagine how scary it would be if Jesus called you a hypocrite? I'm asking you. See, because the Pharisees, they didn't think Jesus was anybody. They thought he was a liar. They thought he was coming to get their attention. But how would you feel about Jesus calling you a hypocrite? Hypocrite literally means man behind the mask, person acting behind the mask. How do we lose fruitless evangelism? Show the person behind the mask. Show the person behind the mask. People want to see the real you. People respond to authenticity. They want to know what you're really like. Not the perfect Jesus picture that you present. Are you cranky? Do you get angry sometimes? Sometimes are you foolish? Sometimes are you stubborn? It does no good to hide that person and pretend as if These things never happen to me. When I pass gas, it's roses. See, people know, listen, when this guy passed gas, it stinks. You get what I'm saying? They understand this guy right now, he's phony. I know what he's really like all the other time, but here he is projecting this beautiful, awesome picture. People need to see the times when you're a real person, when you experience heartache, when you experience doubt, when you experience depression. Show people the real you, the person behind the mask, because that's when we make real connections with people, and that's the goal. The second part of this verse, Jesus tells the Pharisees, you prevent people from entering heaven, 
and you yourself aren't even going to be there. That's pretty much the worst thing that we could ever do. They're literally slamming the door of heaven in people's faces by their actions, by their words, by the way they treat people. See, when people see Westboro, if you guys didn't know that, that was Westboro Baptist Church. When they see that, and they see them picketing at soldiers' funerals, and they see them picketing at gay pride rallies, and they see them picketing at anything where somebody has some heartache or some painful time, and they sit there and they say, God, your enemy, and God hates fags, and God hates you, and God, 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 God is not who God really is, because that's who they're teaching God to be. This mean, hateful, non-loving human being. When we shut the door of heaven on people, we shut the door of heaven on ourselves. And we don't want to do that. See, here's what the Pharisees taught people. They taught people that in order to get to heaven, you had to follow the rules. Right? Here's this list of rules. You need to follow those. You need to be doing those every single day. And if you follow those rules and you don't break those rules, then God will love you. Look how great we are. Look at all the rules that we're following. We are amazing. You want to be like us. But here's what happens when we teach people that they need to follow rules. They never have a real relationship with Jesus. And so they run from the rules and they turn away because they see this is empty. This is hollow. Or they buy into rules are what get me to heaven. And they breed more rule followers. And they never get to see what Jesus is really about. Rule followers attract rule followers. And so if that's all we're going to be, if all we're going to be are a group of people who follow rules, all we're going to have are a a group of people who follow rules but never understand that Jesus came to bring righteousness because he loves us, because he wants us to have life. Following a set of rules is not life. Okay? There's no life in rules. There's life in Jesus, and that's what we want to portray for people. That's what we want people to understand. You see, Jesus said something that it's one of the verses we really go to, and I know you've heard before, but it's John 14, 6. What's he telling them? I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that you come to God through the rules. You come to God through the rules. Jesus made it clear. You get to God through me. Is that what we're giving to people? Are we telling people, listen, the way you get to heaven, the way you get to God, it's through Jesus. It's through meeting Jesus. It's through having a relationship with Jesus. It's through the hope that I have in Jesus that I'm trying to tell you about because I want to share God's righteousness with you because righteousness brings life. Are we teaching them you need to follow these set of rules? Because that's against what Jesus just told us. So do we want to get rid of fruitless evangelism? Don't muddy the water. Don't muddy the water. Jesus gave a very clear picture. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the light. That's what people need to see. Not God laughs when planes crash, or God hates fags, or God is your enemy, or God doesn't love you, and you need to change this, this, and this, and if you just follow these rules, you'd be taken care of. It's not what it's about. Going on to verse 14, it says... What sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law, and you Pharisees, hypocrites. There we see it again. You shamelessly cheat widows out of their property and then pretend to be pious by making long prayers in public. Because of this, you will be severely punished. Now, a lot of manuscripts, if you're looking at a Bible, even online or in your Bible, you'll notice that this verse 
may not be there. A lot of them skip 13 to 15. And the reason being, if you're wondering, because if you read it and it's not there, you're like, what is this guy doing? Is because a lot of scholars think that it was added at a later time by another biblical writer from another book. And that doesn't matter because it teaches us one thing here. Don't make it about you. Don't make it about you. Evangelism isn't about you. It's about people. People are our mission. You've heard us say that. You will hear me say that a million times. People are our mission. That is what it's about. It's not about you. It's not about, look how many people we've saved this year as a church. Look how many people we've led to Jesus. Let's just put people on our Jesus Jesus conveyor belt and pump them through and make them say the prayer and send them on their way and look how good we are. It's about giving people real hope, real righteousness through Jesus. That's what we want. That is true evangelism. It's not just having people say a prayer. So don't make it about you. In verse 15, it says, you put in all this effort. It starts out, woe to you teachers, uh, law, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You travel over land and sea to win a single convert, and when you have succeeded, you make them twice as much a child of hell as you are. Whoa. Whoa. Make them twice as much the child of hell as you are. That's what happens when we don't point people in the right direction. You want to lose fruitless evangelism? Point people in the right direction. See, not only are the Pharisees not doing any good by not leading anybody to Jesus, not leading anybody to God, they're pointing them in the exact opposite way and they're leading them down that path. It's not what we want. It's not what God wants. Are we giving hope? That's what Jesus is all about. He's about hope. Is that what we are doing? Are we giving people hope? Life. Here's the thing. The gospel of Jesus, it's perfect. It's perfect. It comes from a perfect source. It's worded perfectly because God himself is perfect and he has a perfect message. John 3.16. And yeah, we're going over John 3.16. What's it say? Let's say it together because I know we all know it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Right? That's perfect. That's perfect. That's hope. That's love. That's what Jesus is all about. You see, God loves us so much, each and every person, each and every individual, regardless of their situation, regardless of their behavior, he loves everyone so much that he gave his son to die for us. Each and every single person, because God loves you. It's not about following a set of rules. It's not about that. You see, rules kind of help you sustain life and yeah there are some things in place that God would like us to follow because he's looking to protect us because he loves us but rules don't get us to heaven God gets us to heaven Jesus gets us to heaven and when we make evangelism about the numbers or about us or about 
call us for this bottle of water that we prayed over so it's holy and if you send us 20 bucks, we'll send it to you and you'll drink it and you'll be healed and all these things. And all the craziness that the world sees about the church. Or come up front and I'll put my hand on your head and I'll throw you three rows back and you'll hit your head on a chair and we'll all wonder why you're shaking. And I'll say it's because of the Spirit. Thank you. I'm not angry, once again. I'm just focused. I love everyone. I'm all smiles. I'm sorry if I look mad. I'm just trying to get the job done. Don't look at me like that, Terry. Right? It's not about all these things. It's not about what you can do or I can do. It's not about us. It's not about me. It's not about you. You know what? 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 It's not even about Jesus. It's not. It's not even about Jesus. It's about people. It's about people. God sent Jesus to the world for people because he loved people. Gay people. People who cheat on their spouses. People who lie. People who steal. No matter what the situation is. See, here's the one lie that the world lets themselves believe. It's that Jesus loves me the way I am. And you know what? That's not true. While Jesus may love you regardless of the situation that you're in, if he liked the way you were, Jesus wouldn't have to have come here. Right? We get stuck in this idea that Jesus loves me the way I am. He likes me the way I am. He likes me right where I'm at and I can do whatever I want and I can believe whatever I want and I can say whatever I want because Jesus is all love and Jesus loves me. Yes, that's true. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you so much regardless of your circumstances, regardless of your situation. But God didn't like the way that we lived our lives. Otherwise, he wouldn't have to send Jesus to give us salvation. It's righteousness. It's cloaking us in righteousness because God knows that we can't do it on our own. There's not one of us in this room or in this world who can be righteous enough to make it to heaven without the love of God. That is what evangelism is. And I don't even know why we call it evangelism in the first place because if I'm being honest and you're being honest, we're all afraid of that word. In the church, somebody says, oh, we're going to go evangelize and everybody starts to sink backwards. We're going to do what? We're going to go evangelize. Oh, I, I got to clean out my purse or something. <laughs> We're going to go evangelize. Oh, no, I don't want to do that. It's scary. I want to get rid of that word altogether. Make it go away. You want to know what evangelism is? It's building relationships with people because it's about people. You say, well, I can't evangelize. Really? Do you never see people? Do you not work with people? Do you not talk to people? Can you not say hello to people? Can you not walk up and start a conversation? Because that's what it is. It's building a relationship. And by the way you live your life and the way that Jesus has changed your life and the things that he's done for you, as you build relationships and you get to talk to those people about the change that God has made, that's where evangelism happens. It's not, you're a sinner, you need to pray this prayer, because if you do, Jesus will love you and you'll get to go to heaven with me. And they're like, dude, I don't like you. I don't want to have anything to do with you. I'll skip on the prayer. God is hope. 
God is love. God gives righteousness. Righteousness brings life. That's it. The end. Evangelism explained. Nothing to be afraid of. Simple question. Do you care about people? Do you want what's best for them? Do you experience God's love in your life? Can you share it? Can you give hope? That's our focus. That's what you need to be praying about this week. God, how can I give hope? Lord, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you for this opportunity to be here to serve you, Lord. We, we pray for those around the world who don't understand who you are and are preaching about you anyways. Lord, I pray that you break their hearts, that you, you break their spirit, Lord, that you give them the truth, that they can share that with people so that people get to know the real you, the you that loves, the you that brings hope, the you that forgives, the you that gives peace. God, as Crosspoint Fellowship, we want to give hope. We want to reach out to people and tell people we love you. You're not just a number, you're a person. We want to know about you. We want to be in relationship with you. We want to be here for you. And God, if there's anything we can do for any person in this room, I pray that, Lord, you make it evident to us that you put a burning desire in our heart to love people, to love the people we work with, to love the people we pass in the aisles at the grocery store, to love the people who don't love us, Lord, I pray you give us a desire, a burning desire to pray for our enemies, to love our enemies, that they maybe will come to know the real you, that they will see the real Jesus, not the judgmental, not the hateful, not the disparaging, not the jerks on the street, who tell them that you're their enemy, who tell them that God lasts when people die, who tell them that you are not loving, righteous, forgiving, and wonderful. Lord, give us the heart to give that hope to those around us. In your son's name we pray. Amen.